This morning's reading comes from John, chapter 4, verses 4 to 29. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? That for Jews to not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would, give, he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you are now with, uh, now have, is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place, place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her, her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Well, thank you very much, Pete. And good morning, everyone, again. Sarah's already introduced this nicely for us. Next week is Catch-Up Sunday. Catch-Up Sunday. Now, if you haven't been around uh, over the last few weeks, I thought I'd just remind us what Catch-Up Sunday is and what it's about. Uh, this year, we've been talking about being called by God to uh, pray for Him to put somebody on our hearts, a person or people that we'll be praying for this year. Uh, a person or people with whom we want to share 
over time, the fact that God offers us life that is more and better than we could ever dream of. We talked about that uh, out of John 10.10. And we've been talking about that being a step in a process of discipleship. So connecting with someone who doesn't know Jesus yet is the first part of this journey of something that in the Bible we see as discipleship. It's very much in line with our vision of being and seeing flourishing communities of hope because flourishing communities of hope are filled with people who understand what God's offering and are able to share it with others. And so next week, instead of gathering for a church service, we're going to go out. Uh, As Sarah said, we'll we'll have a short time of prayer here, if you can make it, but, but the priority is for us to catch up with someone. Now, it might be the person that God's put on our hearts for this whole year. It may not. Um, But next week is our week of going out and doing that. We've talked about the realisation that God's already at work. God's already at work in the lives of the people that he's then going to pop in our hearts to say, maybe that's the person you can walk alongside and connect with a little more often. So, this is our, our series that we're in. We've been talking about this journey this year of someone, some people that God's placed on our heart and what we do with that. Next week's Catch Up Sunday. So today we're going to look at the passage that Peter just read and I'm going to unpack some things that I think will be helpful for us if we are catching up with somebody. But before we do that, I thought it'd be helpful to just share a couple of stories and journeys about Catch Up Sunday already. So, Uh, You would expect, I think, I expect, that I would probably have this all lined up, right? I mean, I've been talking about it for weeks. And and indeed, we did. Helen and I prayed. We we, uh, thought that God had put uh, some people on our hearts, um, and uh, and we invited them over. And they said, yes, fantastic. Until this week, they said, sorry, we can't come anymore. Now, legitimate reasons, no problem. But there were two things that went through my head. I thought, oh, that's a real shame. And I thought, oh, oh well, that's a bit tricky because I'm talking about this every week at church and uh, you guys were supposed to be there. Now, I wanted to share that with you because we will continue to try and catch up with those people. It just won't be on Sunday, this Sunday. And we're actually going to invite somebody else over for this Sunday. But I wanted to share that it's not a straightforward thing. Even when you think God's put somebody on your heart, things go up and down a bit. And the other story I've got is, uh, is somebody on the church team who came to me this week and uh, said, look, can I, can I chat? I said, sure, sure. And uh, they sort of opened with, look, um, I'm not going to catch up with anybody on, on Catch Up Sunday. And I said, oh, well, that, that's fine. We've talked about this sort of being a no condemnation or guilt thing, but, but clearly you're a bit agitated about it, so, so tell me more. And they said, well, the thing is that the person that God's put on my heart I've spoken to them. We're going to catch up. It's just not on Sunday. Is that okay? And I said, yes, that's brilliant. That's exactly what we're trying to do. This, this catch up Sunday thing, this is just a, a one-off. But the idea is that it shifts our, our priorities and our rhythms of life that we would reprioritize to be catching up with the people that God's put in our hearts. And I wanted to share that with you because I don't know where you're at in this journey. I definitely, and we've talked about this, there there is no sense of guilt or condemnation if you haven't lined anything up. Just have a wonderful day next Sunday. But if you have and it didn't work or something's a bit messy, that's fine too. So I hope that's a little bit freeing. Now, if you are catching up with somebody, 
whether it's on Sunday or not, the passage that we read this morning that we're going to delve into right now, I think has some really wonderful instructive information about how Jesus did catch-ups with people who don't know him yet or didn't know him yet. And as we start that, uh, I want to make some initial observations. First of all, in this situation, I don't think Jesus had met the lady before. Now, most of us, when we catch up with someone, probably won't necessarily be our first time, particularly on Catch-Up Sunday, if you've invited them to your house or for a coffee. Uh, But Jesus hadn't met this lady before, but it's still helpful, I think, as we think about catching up with people who maybe we don't know that well. It was also really helpful, I feel, that the state in which Jesus begins the catch-up was tired. He was tired. Now, in his case, it's because he'd been walking in the heat for a long, long time. He says he was tired. For us, you know, you know what happens whenever something important is happening? The dog next door will bark all night. Or... Uh, you know, what else can happen that I've got written down here? Oh, I know the things we're preparing just didn't work out. You've got someone over for lunch and it all gets really messy. Or perhaps the process of cleaning your house to within an inch of its life has just tuckered you out. Maybe it's just the start of term. We often, I think, start something like this tired. And I found it really helpful to read that that's where Jesus was too. Now for Jesus, the catch-up begins... As the woman arrives at the well and heals what Jesus says, he says, can I please have a drink? Can you please give me a drink? Now, incidentally, having trawled through a number of translations, uh, the International Children's Bible seems to have the best manners. Uh, That says, please, can you give me a drink? Uh, Now, I know many of you have heard this story before. um, And often when I've heard it preached or talked about, the emphasis, thank you, the emphasis is on the strangeness of a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. And we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to emphasize the normality, actually, the the commonness, if you like, of what Jesus actually says in some ways. He says, can you please give me a drink? Now, I can't think of a statement that would be more normal, or let's say just casual, in a situation where you're at a well and you're talking to somebody who's obviously bought a jar or a bucket to get something out of the well. The opening statement is is kind of just beginning of a casual conversation. It's, It's the most natural thing you would see or could think about in this sort of situation. And I want to suggest to you, and I'm going to do some drawing up here, that that is a place that we spend a lot of our conversations in casual conversation. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a, draw a square. I'm going to call it a conversation square. I hope you can see that. And up here, I'm just going to call casual. Hopefully, my writing's good enough. Casual is a place where we spend a whole bunch of our time. Too hard to see? I see some not nods there. Okay, I'm going to try black as well. But we spend a lot of time in casual conversation. Now, this is a place where we talk about our, um, maybe our interests and opinions. Um, Let me see if this is any better. Interests. I'm probably writing too small, aren't I? Opinions. And this is where Jesus starts the conversation. In a casual space, just talking about what is obvious and expected. 
Now you might spend, I might spend the whole of Catch Up Sunday in this area, in casual conversation. It's good, it's normal, it's comfortable. It's how we get to know each other a little bit, just what's going on in life. Now what's also instructive the way that Jesus uses questions. So the fact that he started with a question, could you please give me a drink? That was casual, it's an opening up, but it opens up the ability for the person he's talking to to respond and say what's on her mind. And what's on her mind is the strangeness of the situation. What's on her mind is, look, that was a normal question, but you're not really supposed to be talking to me. Why are you asking me? Why are you talking to me about this? And so in the process of having a casual conversation, by throwing in a question, Jesus enables the conversation to shift into what we're going to call a meaningful, meaningful conversation. So the conversation moves from casual round to meaningful. And who initiates that? The woman. She's the one who starts making that shift. Hang on, what's going on here? Now, by the way, if you can't see this very well, first of all, I apologise, but secondly, uh, later on, I do have a slide that's got it all there for you. So, the woman, on the one hand, she's talking to Jesus about what's going on, but she's not quite grasping what he's saying. Because Jesus starts talking about living water. Living water. And the woman's sort of processing this, and in verse 11, she says, look... I like your new name for water. That's kind of cool, intriguing Jewish guy. But how are you going to get it out of the well? Where's your bucket? She's still focused on the practical. So they've shifted a little bit into meaningful, but it takes time. It's not an immediate thing. And Jesus tries again and he explains, well, this is what I mean when I say living water. I'm not actually talking about the water that you drink. And so she's constantly giving him this opportunity to move into a space that's much more meaningful. And then the conversation takes a a further turn into depth. Because they start talking about the woman's relationship. And implicit in the text is that this is a, a sensitive, probably very painful topic. She's had five husbands and now she's with someone who's not, not one of those guys. So as we think about our conversations, there's there's a really important lesson here for us. And there's also a difference in the way that we might do this to the way that Jesus does it. The, The lesson is the importance of our life stories. And in particular of listening to somebody else's story. The difference, of course, is that Jesus already knew her story. Whereas we probably don't know the whole story of the people that we will be talking to. So this conversation might play out slightly differently to how ours might. But the story's been invited by Jesus. I mean, he could have launched straight into verse 18. He could have launched straight into the fact that, well, actually, I know everything about your life. Uh, And and I know that you've had the husbands. And so let me just get that on the table because, you know, I need you to know I'm a prophet. But, But he didn't do that. Instead, he allows her to soften and he opens up the story. He says, well, why don't, you, why don't you go and get your husband so I can talk to you both? And that was probably a very normal thing in the culture. And that gives her a chance to say, 
I don't have a husband. And he says, it's okay, I know. It's the beginning of her story becoming shared between them. Last week, if you were here at the commissioning service, Dave Kilpatrick uh, talked about our, our carey theme this year, which is humility and learning to listen. And he shared about the power of listening and the importance of what we are actually listening to. He shared that as we're listening to other people's stories, we can do it with a posture that reflects the way Jesus interacted with people's stories. And he used this phrase, I've written it on a sticky note because it really struck me, I took it down as a note. He said, how I am being obedient to loving my neighbour, sorry, how am I being obedient to loving my neighbour, to loving my person I'm catching up with, if I've already judged their story? How can I not judge their story? By learning to listen. Opening it up as Jesus did and shared. And as we listen and share the stories of our lives, there's this great potential for deeper relationship and greater intimacy. And that's what Jesus creates. He rapidly connects with this lady. He doesn't have to ask her story because he knows it, but it's clear through this process that he, says, he is saying to her, I've heard your story. Your story has been heard and I'm still here engaging. I'm still here interested in you. And then emerging from this meaningful conversation is a spiritual conversation. So that's our, that's our next thing at the bottom here, spiritual conversation. Jesus had been peppering, if you like, the conversation with spiritual thoughts. He uses phrases like the gift of God or eternal life. But up until this point, the woman, the woman hadn't gone there. She hadn't really connected with those thoughts or those statements. But then at a certain point, she engages in this topic of spirituality. She's seen that Jesus has been obvious about his spirituality, but not obnoxious. We've talked about that phrase. And so she says, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Now, this is a fascinating statement because it's not been brought up anywhere in the conversation to date. There's been no, nothing in the conversation. Jesus hasn't mentioned Jerusalem being the place to worship. So, so what's going on? Well, she's registered that Jesus is different. She's registered that there's something spiritual and religious about this guy. Maybe he's even a prophet. And so she decides to ask him a spiritual hot topic of the day. And she goes to this one where, you know, the Samaritans think this and you Jews think that. This is not necessarily even a personal question about me. It's just this sort of question about, okay, well, seeing as we're talking and, you know, you're kind of a bit spiritual, let me ask you about this kind of hot topic that's going on. And so begins a conversation about spiritual things. And again, interestingly, she's the one who's initiated. She's the one who asks the question and brings it from meaningful into the spiritual dimension. Now for us, it might be something like this on Catch Up Sunday. Hey, uh, look, thanks for inviting us over. Um, don't you usually go to church on a Sunday? What are you going to say? 
That's, a, that's an opening into a spiritual question. Oh, what sort of church is it? Do you, you, you don't have to go every week on Sundays? What does Baptist mean anyway? There's all sorts of questions that might start coming where this conversation can shift into something about values, about faith and about belief. Now, this square is not my, not my invention. This square is something that uh, I've learned in a process of discipleship with, with the, uh, the team over at Crossway Baptist in Melbourne. Um, and I wanted to share it with you because I think it's really helpful for us. And the question I have when I get to this point is, what's the fourth side? What, what's the last bit? And the last bit we're going to call discovery. Discovery. And this is the process of understanding it's the Holy Spirit who does the work. This is the process of allowing somebody that we're talking to to discover for themselves about Jesus. This is not the process of beating them over the head with Bibles. And what we see in this passage that we've been looking at is kind of the, the beginning of this and then maybe the fruit of it. So in verse 29, the last verse that Peter read for us, we see that she leaves saying, could this be the Messiah? She's asking that question. She's had this conversation. She's met Jesus. He's shared a bunch of stuff. He's listened to her story. And she goes away saying, could, could this be the Messiah? She's starting in that process of discovery. And fortunately, we're not left hanging. Because if we fast forward in John chapter 4 to verses 39 to 42, here's what we read. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know this man really is the saviour of the world. Incredible. Her, her discovery has led a whole bunch of other people she said, follow me, come and hear this bloke, could be the Messiah. And so they have this conversation and they discover. And there's a town, many people in this town that come to believe Jesus is Christ. So what are we going to do with this square? I've got, I've got some thoughts about this. As we look at the conversation we've been in, we've got to remember that that was Jesus. Jesus managed to navigate this thing, this square in 20 minutes but he is God. We are not. It might take us weeks or months or years to wander around this circle to the place where the person God's put in our heart says, I've discovered Jesus. It might just be on Catch-Up Sunday. We don't know. So the interesting point about this is that the goal is not to drive around that square and convert people. No, 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 no. I think this is helpful for two things, awareness and readiness, as we have conversations. Awareness and readiness. So what do I mean by that? I mean, if I'm thinking in a conversation about this, just, just vaguely in the back of my mind, it helps me understand what's going on in the conversation. So I constructed a conversation that I can well imagine would happen. How about something like this? 
hey, uh, how, how did you go through lockdown? And the answer is, oh, well, you know, like most people, I guess I had a whole lot of time to watch Netflix. It was fantastic. I got to watch, uh, watch all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, what did you watch? Oh, well, I watched this show called uh, Home Before Dark and one called Away, and, and then there was a show about anxiety. Now, I hear that. I'm thinking, okay, we're in, we're in casual conversation. I'm talking about Netflix, just you know, interests, opinions, thoughts. And when those three things are mentioned... If I've got in my head that this sort of thing, I'm thinking, I would love to talk more about Home Before Dark, because I'm right in the middle of that one. And I've seen a way, and you know, we could talk about that. They're the things I kind of want to talk about in casual conversation. But they mentioned this show on anxiety. Is this an opportunity to shift the conversation into something more meaningful? And so if I've got this model in my head, if I'm aware, I'm ready to perhaps say something like, Oh, that's interesting. Tell, tell me more about that show on anxiety. Ask a question, open it up, see if that's where they want to take it. Now, they might say, nah, let's talk about the other ones. They're much more That's cool. Okay, we're, we're still in casual conversation. That's fine. But just being aware of where the conversation could be going, I think, can be really helpful as we allow the person and the Holy Spirit to drive around that conversation square, if you like. Our motivation has to be, we just love this person. And we're there to enjoy their company, to listen to their story and invite the Holy Spirit to work. So I hope that's helped just a little bit, particularly if next week you're catching up with somebody, maybe someone you don't know that well, maybe you get there and you're tired. And we just look at the example of how Jesus carried out a conversation, listened to somebody's story and allowed them to move through from casual to meaningful to spiritual and even ultimately to discovery of who he is. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to spend some time in prayer. Prayer for the people, the person that God's put in our hearts. Just before we do that, though, a couple of last thoughts, because this is kind of a, the, the last send-out, if you like, from our collected gathering to catch up Sunday. And, and my first thought is this. Some of you may not catch up with somebody next Sunday, and that is absolutely fine. I want to say it again. It is, it is just fine. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. There's no problem at all. There's all sorts of reasons why that will be happening. If you are catching up with somebody, remember that God is at work. He's been at work. Trust that he's at work. And enjoy it. And if you can join us for prayer next Sunday morning, uh, 9.15, that would be fantastic. I want to put a slide up now, um, which is meant to represent the person or people that might be in your heart and the name. And you might have a card. I hope you've you found a card on your, on your seat. Uh, now, I've got one out the back. I forgot to bring it up with me. But it's a card that talks about Catch Up Sunday. On one side, it's got a picture of a door. And on the other, it's got a place for you to write your name and their name. Now, we wanted to do this uh, just as a, as, a, as a helpful symbol of our action and our motion forward. And so what we'd like to invite you to do now is to fill that in. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity, if you've been able to fill it in, we're going to come and hang it up on a door there that was uh, been beautifully done by Kate and Ed for us. 
And we're going to put these cards up there as a symbol of the people that we are as a community praying for and coming together for. So what I'm going to invite you to do is just write down on that card now as I'm speaking your name and a person you've, that you've been praying for or that you're going to be praying for this year. Initials are fine. Name is fine. First name, whatever you want to write down. If the name's not clear to you yet, that's fine. We're not going to invite everybody to come up because also in our COVID world, if you're sitting as a family and you've got a couple of cards, maybe just give them to one person to bring it up when we sing our next song. Um, And so we're just going to invite you to do that. But before we do that, what I'd love to do is to pray. So as you've written down that name, I'm going to invite us to hold the card in our hand. And we're just going to pray. I'm going to lead us through a series of prayers. Um, that we might pray for, for a number of things, but including the people uh, that, we have been put on, that have been put on our heart. As I, as I do this, I'm, I'm going to uh, make some suggestions and then just leave 20 or 30 seconds for you to pray about the topic that we're praying about together. So this is kind of, um, you don't have to pray out loud, this is just you can pray to yourself, we're going to have some music playing. But it's just an opportunity for us collectively but specifically for our own cases to be praying. So if you've got your card there, hold that in your hand and let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, it is so good to gather in your name this morning. Thank you that we get to do this each week. Thank you that we get to celebrate you, to worship you as we come together. And so we do come this morning with thanks for you and who you are. And Father, now we're just going to spend 20 or 30 seconds, each of us, in our hearts and minds, giving you thanks for your glorious self. just rest into that knowledge of how glorious and good you are heavenly father we want to lift up in prayer the person or the people that god that you have placed on our hearts father we're going to pray for their their life and their circumstances and we're just going to pray that holy spirit you'll move in their hearts over time in your time that they might come to know you and this life you offer that's more and better than they could ever imagine so we just pray for them now also as we are gathered together we want to pray for catch up Sunday Lord we want to spend just a few minutes praying for the conversations that will happen for logistics for hearing your voice for being open to hearing others stories and ready to ask questions that allow you to move perhaps our conversations through casual to meaningful to spiritual and possibly even discovery
And finally, Lord, we lift up this community, this community of your people. Would you help us hear you clearly? Would you help us become a salt factory producing people who know you, who sow your flavor into this community and beyond? Lord, would you make us together a flourishing community of hope? We lift this up together with collective voices in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to move into a time of uh, further worshipful song together. And, uh, and as we do that, I just encourage you, if you've got your card, you've managed to fill it out, the door there is a string, uh, there's some pegs. Oh, hopefully you might have a peg or there's some in the front row, you can collect it on the way and just pin it up and we will get our community door of catch-up prayer. God bless you.